Welcome to the Glojo Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and every week I'll be sharing thought-provoking, soul-soothing, and inspiring conversations from personal stories to insider tips and tricks. At the Glojo, you can always find what you need when you need it most. This is permission. Permission to be you, permission to be messy, permission to feel all the feels. So what do you say? Let's do this together. I'll see you in the Glojo. Hello and welcome to the Glojo podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for showing your support. It truly means the world. I received a couple of new reviews over this past week and five-star ratings, so Thank you, thank you. You know who you are. And those reviews were for the most recent episode of Chats with Chelsea, where I interviewed my near and dear friend, Chelsea Newton, and we talked about accountability. So make sure you tune into that if you haven't already. And thank you to everyone who did tune in, who downloaded it and shared it. And I hope everyone enjoys this week's episode as well. This week, I interview another near and dear friend of mine, Alex Catoni. Alex is the founder of The Copy Posse, and it has just blown up and taken off over the last few years through her online programs, content, and challenges. Alex has helped over 300,000 entrepreneurs and copywriters from around the world ignite their businesses with her fun approach to branding, marketing, and copywriting. Watching Alex grow her business over the last few years has been super inspiring, and so naturally, I was very curious to hear more about her goal-setting process, and that is what we we talk about in today's episode. So we talk about goal setting, we talk about growing pains because, you know, with growth and with all the exciting things come these new levels and these new challenges and I think that's just kind of life. There's always going to be that next challenge to overcome and figure out. And that can also be fun too, depending on how you look at things. Alex shares the EOS business management system. And this is something that she's implemented in her business for goal setting. That's really helping her and her team align and move forward in the same direction. This is something that I've implemented at the Glojo recently, and I'm really excited to see how it unfolds and how it flows. Alex also shares her three rules for navigating growing pain. And, you know, in general, this conversation is, it's just practical. It's practical, but it still is inspiring. And there are some really, really great takeaways and tools and tips that I know I could apply to my business and life right away. And I hope that it's the same for you. So enjoy. And yeah, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure you download this episode. If there's someone who comes to mind and you think they would enjoy it, definitely pass it along. You can take screenshots when you're listening to a podcast and go on Instagram and tag myself and the guests, leave reviews. And guests, I will say, they love receiving positive feedback. So don't be shy. If you're part of the copy posse, I know you know how to use your voice for good. So thank you in advance for helping to spread the word about the Glojo. And before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to South Africa. The Glojo is on the charts in South Africa. And I don't know if we've ever been in, on the charts in South Africa before. So that was exciting to see. Thanks, South Africa. And hello. And yeah, enjoy this episode. And I look forward to seeing everyone next week. I have another really inspiring and just like practical, useful interview lined up with a really successful and really fun entrepreneur from Australia that I think you're going to love. But for now, enjoy today's episode with Alex. I cannot wait to hear what you think. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the Glojo, Alex. It is so wonderful to have you here. Ah, thanks for having me. I'm back. I'm back again. <laughs> She's back again. I, I was going to go with the song lyrics, but I, what, what's the song? Is that Backstreet's Back? Streets back. Alex is back. <laughs> I think that is dating us now. Everyone knows how old we are. <laughs> I mean, they might anyways. <laughs> but that's true. Yeah. Um, I was never a Backstreet Boys fan, but how can you not know? How can you not know those those songs? Exactly. If you're of a certain generation that will not be mentioned. So for everyone listening, Alex is my partner in crime, and she is also, well, she she was the very first episode that was published on the Glojo podcast, and she is also the founder of the Copy Posse. 
The Copy Posse is now over 300,000 people strong around the globe, the raddest, the baddest copywriters in town. And I'm so excited to have you back on the show, Alex, because that first episode we did was on imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is real. It is a thing. And it's something that exists and pops up no matter where we are in our journey. So I'm guessing that some of the things we talk about today might actually relate back to that episode. So for everyone listening, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I will definitely link it in the show notes for you. Um, But what we're going to talk about today is goal setting. 2023 is the year of the glow getter. Just seeing what you have built over the last few years is absolutely incredible. And it's so inspiring. And I'm just excited to get some insider info on how you set goals and how you go about sticking to them. And then we're also going to talk about, you know, a few other things that might go along with achieving goals, like growing pains and glass ceilings. And so we've got juicy, juicy combo today. <laughs> Super juicy and genius. And genius. Yes. Way back in the day, we were the juicy <laughs> geniuses. It's such a fun brand. Oh, my goodness. So for everyone listening, let's just dive right in. Goal yeah. setting. What are your views on this? What has worked for you? What hasn't? I know you usually have a theme of the year. Microphone over to you. Let's hear. Yeah. So I goal setting is is interesting because I think in some ways I'm really good at it. And then in other ways, I think I'm terrible at it. And I've had to learn how to properly goal set in my business. So what I mean by that, I think in the beginning, I was really good at kind of coming up with these big visions. Like I'd be like, wouldn't it be great if kind of these big old dreams. And then I was really good at figuring out what I had to do that week. And there was this like whole period of time in between where I wasn't the best at focusing on those, you know, you could say like short to midterm goals in in order to get to the greater vision. It was like, I'm just going to manifest it. And as much as I love manifesting and think that it's a powerful part of growth, you know, everyone knows that manifesting isn't just about wanting something to happen. It's about actually taking action. And so I, I actually think that I got really comfortable with living in that vibe of uncertainty and kind of going with the flow. Uh, and when I look back now, I realize it was mostly fear of failure. I think I had this innate fear that if I set a goal, and especially if I publicly stated that goal where other people would hear it, it became, oh my gosh, if I don't hit that goal, then I have failed. And so I found that I was really good at like thinking big. And then when it came to measurable, achievable goals that would then get me to that big vision, I was terrible at it and really afraid of publicly failing. If I had declared I wanted something and then didn't get it, what would that mean? And I think that's probably common for a lot of people, uh, you know, starting businesses. It's like, oh my gosh, am I going to tell the world this is what I'm doing now? But that I think was the first realization around goal setting. Um, And then I started building my business and goal setting became absolutely critical uh, to growth because it was no longer just me in my studio recording video content and then going, well, we'll see what happens and then responding. I felt like in the early phases of my business, and I think this goes for everybody, a big part of what you do is just responding. You put something out, you get feedback, you try it again, you do it differently. Uh, So going from responding and reacting to being like, okay, what is it that we want to achieve? How are we going to go about that? And then coming up with a really systemized and systematic approach to goal setting, which sounds not very fun, but it actually creates so much freedom as you grow. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. And thank you for just being honest. Like, hey, I think I was kind of afraid to set goals and Public declaration is an interesting thing. You've been my friend for years and you'll hear me be like, I'm going to do this. And I will like, (laughs) I publicly declare a lot of stuff (laughs) and then it doesn't happen. And I think that's part of, you know, the ideas machine that I that I have been. But I can definitely relate uh, to being in the spot where it feels more real. It's meaningful and you want to really take that step and create something. And it's scary. It's like if you declare that you truly want to do this thing and you start taking action towards it and it doesn't happen, 
Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's a really, you know, that's a really crappy feeling. It doesn't feel good. And so what are some of the tactics and techniques that you've used over the last kind of year to shift out of, you know, being the week to week or just kind of, you know, I like how you said reacting and responding into conscious creation and conscious creation is something that I talk a lot about. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, there's different approaches to it. So I'd love to hear yours. Yeah. So that's been a, a real game changer. I think not only has it been a necessary part of growth because now I have a team. We just had a team meeting and I was like, oh my gosh, there's 10 people on this call. Like to me, that's wild. You know, when I think back to only a couple of years ago and it really was just me and and one other person, uh, you're forced to think differently. You're forced to think, okay, if I don't show up on the Slack channel today, how are things going to get done? And what I appreciate about being systematic when it comes to goal setting is that this is valuable to put into place no matter what level you're at. So even if you're just getting started, learning how and being okay with setting those goals for yourself and then being okay if you don't hit them exactly. Because uh, I think that's been one of the biggest learning lessons that I've had in my business is where would I be in my business if I didn't if I didn't set those goals and then go after them? And then, you know, as they say, you aim for the moon, you land amongst the stars. I think that's actually more common is just because you set a goal doesn't mean that you're a failure if you don't hit it. It's, it's, it's you know, feedback, figuring out what direction you're going to go in, getting as close as you can, and then realizing, great, why didn't we hit it? Now let's optimize and change things for next time. And so the system that we've started using at the Copy Posse is the entrepreneurial operating system. So that's uh, a, a system of business management that was created by a guy named Gino Wickman. And Gino wrote a book called Traction. He wrote a book called Rocket Fuel. This, These were books and this concept I had heard about before, but it wasn't until I invested in a business coach this year, um, knowing very well that I needed to dial in my operations. We had been so heavily a creative and content marketing company, which I love because for me, I could just like focus on content creation and marketing strategies all day. But looking behind the scenes, it was like, okay, there's no way we're going to grow unless we get these things in place. And so uh, EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, talks about these concept concepts called rocks. And what I love about, about this system is every quarter, my team and I meet, and you can do this for yourself. So if you're, if you're, you know, working for yourself, or even if you are doing this for your personal life. Like I think about this and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have rocks in my personal life. Like I'm planning a wedding right now. That's a pretty major rock that I need to get done. And there is a deadline for it, you know? So you can apply this in so many different areas of your life. Um, But you come up with rocks and what rocks are, are measurable, focused um, projects that you are aiming to get done in any given quarter. And they're things that you commit to and your whole team needs to be on the same page knowing these are the rocks that we're aiming towards um, this quarter. Now, I love the analogy of, of rocks and the whole point of it is if you have a jar, I just happen to have a jar here. Uh, if you have a jar and you put in your, all of your, like let's say sand, which is like the teeny little day-to-day things that you do every day, right? Responding to emails, reacting, answering Slack messages, doing all that. And then you put in the pebbles, which are maybe like business as usual type of things, uploading content, all the stuff that just kind of has to happen. If you were to do it in that order, you would actually have no room to put the rocks into the jar, right? Because it would be filled with all this little stuff. If you put the rocks in first, those are the big things that you're focusing on achieving in that quarter. Then you dump in the pebbles, which are like the business as usual needs to happen, but they're not like these massive goals that you're going towards. Then you pour in the sand to fill in the gaps. You can actually get a lot more in this jar. And so that concept was taught to me by my business coach. And I was like, oh my God, that makes perfect sense. We had been in this cycle of just business as usual. And then when a launch would come along, it was like, oh my God, the launch, we all have to shift gears and focus on that. And it became really stressful. So now what we do is before the beginning of a new quarter, we sit down, we review the quarter the quarterly goals from the previous quarter. If any of them didn't get finished, 
you know, they, first of all, we ask why, why didn't get, they get finished? And if they didn't, and they're still a priority, they move to the next quarter. And so every quarter we're focusing on the same things. And those are the things that we report on, on our weekly calls. Those are the things that everyone talks about. And then we save the end of the meeting to be like any business as usual questions or challenges or anything that need to be spoken about. And to, to me, that's been a real game changer, not only to reverse engineer where it is we want to go and break it down into steps and milestones, but also get everyone that you work with on the same page. Yeah, that's brilliant. You know, I've heard of the the whole rock analogy before and putting in the rocks first, the pebbles and the sand. I have a couple of questions here. I know for me, I definitely will get caught up in the it's just it's so easy to get caught up in all the busy work. And this can be in business and in life. And so for those of you who are listening, I invite you to just be really honest with yourself. Where are you spending your time? Where is your energy going? And if there's a way that you can actually start to like one, just be freaking honest with yourself, that's where change can start. And so one of the questions that I have is how do you go about choosing the rocks? Yeah, I think they're often heavily tied to revenue. You know, I think when it really, when you really look at it, it's either something that's going to bring in revenue into the company. So launching a new product or anything like that, or it's going to be, I guess you could say more of a platform play, like something that's helping put the foundation in place. Like to give you an example, this year, we focus so heavily on operations. And as someone who is a marketer, I love to just live in like sales and copywriting mode. And sometimes I feel like when we're focusing on operational stuff, it's like, oh, we're not moving. We're not moving. But really understanding that some of those things are really important in order to then continue to grow and go to the next level. Um, and then it has to be something that's 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 absolutely like the whole team can commit to. So oftentimes someone will propose a rock for the quarter. Let's say it's someone who's on the content team and they, I'll give you an example. Let's say someone's like, oh my gosh, Alex, we need to launch a podcast. <laughs> and it's something that I've thought a lot about. And this has come up quite frequently in our strategic meetings over the last year. And at some point I knew that was, that is something I want to explore, but it just didn't feel like, the right and necessary play at the time I was at because all of my focus was going towards my YouTube channel. And so I think sometimes it is it is sort of like, okay, can it be a not right now? Is that absolutely necessary to what I want to achieve? Uh, and kind of go, go at it that way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I ask because for me, and I know for a lot of people who are listening, who are like multi-passionate and creative and they mm -hmm. have a lot of ideas, it can be so difficult to zone in and choose something mm. to focus on. And so I know that you have a large team right now. A lot of people listening are, they might not have as big of a team. So it's like, you know, getting the team, everyone on board. I love that example there. What advice do you have for someone who might be trying to figure out and prioritize, like again, asking for a friend, wink, wink. <laughs> but what advice do you have for someone on really choosing and identifying, like, what are those foundations? What are those building blocks? Or like, what is the thing, the thing that you want to focus on? And maybe it is really focusing on less to go farther in the long run. But what advice do you have for people who are like the individuals or part of a smaller group? Yeah. So I'm pretty strategic in the way that I think. I mean, you know that about me. And so I think there's like if you can group your ideas into different activities. And so when you think about it, you have, let's say, community building activities, whether that's like creating content or uh, or running social media. And all of those are absolutely essential for getting more eyeballs and growing your audience. And that's that was primarily for the first 10 months of my business. That's all I did because I'm like, you know what? I want to nurture this community. And so in the beginning, that was my primary goal. And so just as a solopreneur who was creating content, for me, it was like, no, I'm going to put all of my attention onto building an active and engaged community, knowing that I had a bunch of other ideas, but that that didn't serve what I was creating in that moment, but that it could go on the back burner for later. And then once you start focusing on building a community or growing those eyeballs, honestly, for me, the next natural kind of step would be to build an email list. And of course, I'm talking about strictly marketing and building an online business. But 
I know that as many eyeballs that I have looking at my stuff, that's great. But until I start building a, a community on email, I'm not having that direct path to be able to then market and sell them something. And so it goes from kind of thinking about awareness to then thinking about direct communication to then thinking about sales. And so if you can think strategically like that and have and map out what that roadmap to, let's say, making your first dollar or making your first hundred thousand dollars, what that actually looks like. Or if you're a freelancer, right, this is something I talk a lot about with some of my higher level members. That you know, what is the roadmap and path to building a freelancing business look like? Uh, and there's plenty of people you can model this after, right? So if you are starting a business, you look to people in your space. We're going, okay, what are they doing? How are they doing it? Oftentimes, you know, it's pretty good, you know, good to listen to podcasts or reverse engineer what they're doing on their social media. But quite often, you can say, okay, this is the roadmap. You know, for me as a freelancer, before I ever start the started the copy posse, it was all about getting my foot in the door with that first client, building experience, getting you know comfortable with being a freelancer, solopreneur. Okay, once you get that first client, how can you turn that first client into a recurring client? How can you then turn that recurring client into a higher level retainer client? How can you find more retainer clients? And it becomes just like these building blocks of the roadmap. And so if, if I could give advice to anybody, it would be take all of your ideas, write them down, but then look and think, okay, where is it that I wanna go in a year? What is the roadmap that I think will be the, the fastest path to get there? And then see if any of these ideas fit, knowing that you might get to them down the road. It might not be right now, but it could, it could help you on that kind of next step of your journey. And that to me is, the, is the, kind of the clearest way, is that you might not know what that looks like, but at least figuring out what the next couple steps are. Yeah, I love that. And it's, you know, the idea, and I've, I've shared this before, but having a parking lot where all of the ideas can go. <laughs> So that yeah. you can reference them in the future and just being okay with not doing everything all at the same time. I know mm -hmm. that's something that I've tried to do so often. And this is also in my personal life. Like I'll go through, I'll have experiences where I'm really motivated. and I'm like, all right, I'm on a kick. I'm going to do all the things in all the places. And all of a sudden my daily, we'll call it maintenance because that's what it feels like. But like my daily sort of like goal maintenance list is now like 30 points long. And that's just not realistic. And so... I think for me, there's really been a shift in focusing to what are the absolute musts? What are the non-negotiables that need to get done? It might not be the fun, glamorous, like glitzy, feel good thing, but it's actually going to nourish me. So it is feel good in, in that way, but it's going to move me towards my goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or else you just get stuck in that like spinning. Oh, God. Yeah. Spinning your wheels, doing the same things. And then you're like, why? Like, why am I not getting to where I, I want to go? And and yeah. I think the permission, too, is, like, give yourself permission to change things as you go. Because I have had, like, this come-to-Jesus moment, like, this past week where I'm like, I think I'm working too hard in these areas for the output mm -hmm. or for the output we're getting. And I think that it served me really well in the early phases of my business when I was growing, but I, you know, I had a call with my social media manager the other day and I'm like, why are we posting on Instagram twice a day? Like why? And she's like, oh, I guess, I guess that's because that's just what we've always done. I'm like, I know, but huh, isn't a lot of work. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, let's reevaluate that. And so it's okay to kind of start going down a path and then go, wait a second. That's no mm -hmm. longer serving me. I think I can change it. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a Danielle Laporte event recently and she was talking about this more from the self, we'll, we'll say self-care side of things, but the message is very similar. Basically, it's being aware, like taking, pausing and actually evaluating and taking a look at what are all of the things I'm doing? In her case, it was activities self-care related. And she was like, now, which ones are actually making a difference? Which ones are actually nourishing me? Which ones are actually moving the needle? Uh, but I commend you for just being aware and like taking time to pause because it can be so easy to be on autopilot and do what used to do. But the reality is in business and life, we always have these different phases. Mm -hmm. And it takes away from some of those like newer goals. Like I'm at the point now where I really want to pause and reevaluate because, you know, new ideas are coming to me. And there's this part of me that's like, oh, God. I don't have, there's, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much. And that obviously is like this feeling of, oh my gosh, like my cup is totally full. I, I have no more capacity. 
And so you look at like, okay, well, wait, there's other business owners that are making more and doing more and and they're like, they're managing to do it. And so you have this kind of realization of like, I think there's another way. And like, I think the only way to really figure it out is to, is to go through it yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and figure it out. Yeah. So shifting into just personal a little bit. So I'm curious to know, well, there's a couple questions in here, so I'll share it all with you and then you take with it and, and do with do with it as you may. I know over the years we'll get together and we've had our choose the theme of the year. And I actually do a similar activity with some other friends. And so it really is about choosing a theme. Of course, I never can have just one. I've got <laughs> multiple or like my multiple words and my multiple, you know, and it's like you're great at having one. And so I'm curious to hear how that's worked for you in the past. And I'm also really curious, do you find it easier to set goals in one area of your life versus the other? Is it easier in business or do you or is it kind of the same in personal life? And do you approach everything with that same strategic mind or are there shifts that you have depending on where you're focused? Mm. Yeah. So to your first point, my word of 2022 was ease. And I laughed when you texted me about that because you're like, what was your word? I'm like, ease. And then I was like, oh my gosh, my year was, it seemed like it was far from easeful. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's when I realized, obviously, it's one thing to pick a word. It's another thing to put processes in place that then help you like live in that reality. Because I think for me, I'm the type of person that has always pushed myself too hard. And it's just choosing that, you know, the my theme of the year is going to be ease, you know, <laughs> didn't really make it easy. Uh, and in some ways, I was pushing myself a lot harder because my company has been growing. And then in other ways, I'm like, no, I have gotten really good at hiring and trusting and letting go. And so, you know, I think it's an ever, ever evolving, changing process and realizing that that. I like I'm moving in that direction, even though it's hard. Uh, and you you ask uh, if I'm as good at setting personal goals as I am with business goals. I don't think so. No, mm-hmm. I think I think I was always bad at goal setting in all areas. And then I've trained myself to get better at goal setting in business. And now I've really been reflecting on, OK, now that I have this system, this entrepreneurial mm-hmm. operating system, how can I apply this to my relationships, to my personal life and have more of that intention put there? Because I think what has been happening, and I think this is probably really common for people who are growing companies, it's like it becomes so all-consuming. And even though you can tell yourself, I'm not going to push myself to the point of burnout, or it's like, like it still happens. And then I'm, you know, you're like mad at yourself. Like, why did I let myself get there? And my business has just been, you know, obviously, because I love it and I'm passionate about it. It's been so all consuming, but like really reflecting on this past year, I'm realizing like, okay, it's time for me to reevaluate. And also like asking the question of what would it look like to continue to grow without the stress and the the burnout and the unrealistic expectations that I'm putting on myself. Because I think, you know, there's always been this sort of, I don't know if you call it like a limiting belief or like something in me that's like, I if I take the foot off the gas pedal, everything's just going to fall apart. Or if I'm not working my ass off, I don't deserve success. Or all of this stuff that we kind of tell ourselves and I mean, I think that's just part of the hard lessons you you learn as you go into entrepreneurship, like the mindset shifts that need to happen in order to break through the next level. Like, gosh, sometimes I'm just like, no, I had to go through that three weeks ago. Can we just like go back to blissful ignorance for a while? But unfortunately, that's not how it works. I know. I wish there's been so yeah. many times where I'm like, I wish that I could live in ignorance because ignorance is bliss. And that is the truest, one of the truest cliches I've ever heard. And I'm just not, that's not my journey. And I feel like for people tuning into the Glojo, that's not your journey either. We are aware. And so it's, you know, being being aware of what to do next and how to support yourself. So it's interesting when you were talking and remember your word was ease. And 
you know, you said, oh, God, like this was before the episode. I'm like, yeah, but like you're creating systems that are actually going to allow yourself to experience more ease. And so I Mm -hmm. think that oftentimes things might not show up the exact way that we think it's going to or we think they're going to, but we're still actually on track. And I've been diving into goals more. And I think that there's these two different types of goals. There's strategic goals. And that's really what you've talked a lot about. And then there's what I call embodiment goals. One is quantitative and one is qualitative. Mm -hmm. And it can be so much easier. I think so many things in life are so much easier when it's logic, quantitative, doesn't mean that it's it's more simple. It's maybe easy isn't the right word, but it's more simple. Yeah, it is measurable. Whereas these other goals that are more qualitative and they're the feeling and it's the embodiment, those can be really challenging to set, to track, to measure. How the hell do I know? But I think that it's important to have a balance of both. And and because if we live all in one world, that's just not going to be there. And so, you know, being a glow getter is really about merging these different aspects totally. of ourselves and how we approach business and life in, in all these different ways. Oh my gosh, totally. Um, right? Yeah, I, I was having a, a chat with one of my students the other day and she DM'd me and she was celebrating that she had doubled her revenue in this last year than the year before. And then even the year before, you know, the revenue that she hit, like she never in a million years thought that she would get there in a year. And I'm so the same way. It's like, hey, yeah, celebrate. Great. Okay, we're celebrating. And then it's that like, well, then what's next? And it's like, there's this kind of misconception or common belief that that if your business isn't doing better year over year, then you're not doing better. And and that's just such bullshit, you know, because I look at some of the entrepreneurs and business owners that I really idolize and and I'm like, wow, they've got it figured out. You know, like they 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 can like disappear off social media for four months just because they feel like it. And, and in my mind, like the, my first thought is, oh, my gosh, what would happen if I did that? I could never do that. And I'm like, well, why not? Why couldn't I? Why couldn't I prioritize my personal embodiment goals and trust that my business would still be there? And so, yeah, something that I'm working on. All right. Well, you can join the, it's the you're the glow getter. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Give it to me. So a couple of things that you touch base on, and I'd like to hear and learn more about this, you know, growing pains, growing mm-hmm. pains. I think that it is inevitable. It's a part of life. But when we are in it, it can be so difficult to actually, we'll say, like, see the good and see the gems. But I also think it's easy to judge ourselves and feel like, what's wrong with me? Is this not working? We get stuck in these loops when in reality, no matter what we do, if we're actually challenging ourselves and going for something like there are going to be growing pains, whether it's like, you know, you go to the gym, you lift weights, your muscles hurt. That's actually a good thing. You're building muscle. And so I'd love to hear what your personal experience has been with the growing pains, if you want to share some of the growing pains, but just how you've learned how to deal with that and not let it hold you back, not let it stop you, but rather propel you. Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I feel like I've had so many growing pains. I and again, like I said earlier, you don't ever you don't really know until until you're in it. It's kind of like being in a relationship and you're like. I oh I've dealt with all my baggage and you're single and you're thinking like I'm ready like front like clean slate let's go and then you start dating someone and all your shit comes back up again and you're like oh crap you know I think it's the same with building a business it's like you can do all the personal development you can like read all the books you can understand all the concepts and your business and your work life and your career just become such a, a mirror for the ways that you're showing up and and that's just I think just happened to me over and over and over again. Like, you know, as they say, new level, new devil. You know, I think there's this, again, this misconception. And I had a conversation with another student not too long ago where people tend to think that there's this magical place in a business growth where all of a sudden all your all your problems just disappear, where it's like, oh, well, if I was making that much money, like it would just be easy. Or if I had a team of 10 people, then it would be easy. And so we tell ourselves these stories about like, if I just get to that level, then things are going to be easier. And you realize that's not the reality. Things get easier in some ways for sure. But at every level of your growth, there's new gremlins, there's new doubts, there's new stuff that comes up. And in order to break through to each new level, you have to do a lot of like serious (laughs) self-reflection and look at 
the different ways that you're showing up and, and what's coming up for you. And I know for me, you know, imposter syndrome was something we talked about on the first episode. That's something I continually lean into. And I've had to just cons- consistently reframe it in my mind as a symptom of growth. Uh, and again, you think, oh, you know, I got over that when I started my YouTube channel. No, like it still happens. And I still care what people think. And I remember the first time I, you know, stumbled on a Reddit thread where people were talking shit about me. And I was like, like, there was a part of me that was like, I can't handle this. I need to shut it all down and just going back to being a freelancer behind the scenes because I don't think I can handle this. And then guess what? You're like, okay, I can handle it. And then there's a new level of, uh, of doubt and insecurity. And, you know, I said to you, like, I went to this mastermind last week and I just came back really being like, oh, why did I say that thing? And why did I show up in that way? And why was I being so awkward? And, you know, again, just imposter syndrome showing up. And so I just have to just remind myself to continually lean in and know that no one will ever be harder on yourself than yourself. You know, like nobody else is sitting around going, oh, Alex really messed that up. Like it's all like in here, you know. And so I think it's just it's just kind of taking it with grace and reflecting and and taking it as feedback, but not letting it hold you back. Yeah, I love that. The grace that really that stands out and then reflecting feedback and not letting it hold you back. Those are all very, very well said. And thank you. Those are great takeaways. And I know I'm going to write them down. I was reminded of something when you were talking. It's like it's so easy to uh, what's the word that I want to say? Dramatize. (laughs) That's the word. It's so easy to dramatize our situation and be like, but it's worse for me, but it's harder for me. And I think that like, you know, like empathic sense of like energetic person over here. I'm like, but it's so hard. And it like it is actually, (laughs) but it's but this is where it's like this. And my point is, it's like, yeah, it's always going to be hard. We're all going to have our own things. And we can easily fall into what I call the if then but trap because we're always like, well, if then, but no, (laughs) that's not true. (laughs) It's not true. If then, yeah, you're going to get served your next level of things. And so how can we learn to appreciate the if then that we're actually in now? Because it's always going to be that like if then, but and you're going to be back in the same thing. And so it's really just being able to be present and aware and and just. I don't know. It, and maybe it's maybe humbling isn't the right word, but just being like, all right, yeah, this is how it is. This is where I'm at right now. This is what's going on. What's the next thing here for me? How can I actually focus my energy on moving forward and getting through the growing pains versus focusing on the growing pains and stewing in them? I think like, yeah, I think one of the biggest things too is as you grow or as you lean in, it really triggers like the stories that we tell ourselves, you know, because like you're saying, I'm an empath and it's harder for me. And just because like that, yes, that's true. But it's also the story that you're telling yourself. Exactly. And so got it. We all have it. And actually, this is just funny timing because I had a coaching call with some of my students today and I wrote down these three notes that I actually think fit perfectly into this conversation when it comes to navigating some of like a lot of the doubt, anxiety, imposter syndrome stuff that comes up. The first thing I wrote is like rule number one, don't take anything personally. I think that it's so easy when we're expecting a certain result or we're expecting Mm -hmm. to hear back from someone or we're expecting like someone to share our, the thing that we posted about them on social media. And they did it. Like, there's all these things that you you put these assumptions in your mind. And then when it doesn't happen, it's it's really easy to immediately look at yourself and go, oh, well, like, this is why they don't like me or they think this about me or my business isn't succeeding or like we fill in the blank with all mm-hmm. of this bullshit. And so I always say the simplest answer is usually the right one. And so I think when any time something doesn't happen that you want it to have that you want to happen, whether it's waiting to hear back from someone or you're not getting um, you're not getting a response, you're not getting sales, you're not. It's oftentimes the simplest. The simplest answer is the right one, uh, as opposed to like using all of our create our creativity to come up with creative reasons right. why something's not working. It's right. like if you yeah. just put that energy into something else. Totally. And the, the other one is if you're looking for evidence to support your story, you will find it. 1,000%. So, you know, it's easy to just go, no, that's like, 
that's not true. I'm not going to mm-hmm. tell you that you're not an empath and that it's mm-hmm. not harder for you because that's like, yeah, it's like gaslighting. It's like, yes. no, everyone has their own story. And a lot of stories yeah. are a thousand percent legit. The yeah. problem is if you believe it and embody it, and embody it so yeah. strongly that all you see is evidence to support it, you're just reinforcing the story that you're telling about yourself. Yeah. And so how can you instead look for evidence to support the contrary? So, you know, look for evidence to support that, like, your empathy is actually your superpower. And this is what makes you so special. And that while it can be draining, it's actually really, you know, invigorating and and energizing when you're working on things that light you up. And, and that's going to be what pushes you forward. It's like looking for evidence to support the opposite of the bullshit story that you totally. tell yourself. And then the third thing is no one is harder on on you than yourself. And so often we say no to ourselves. I think I talked about this in the first episode we recorded. You say no to yourself before you even try because you're telling yourself all the reasons why it won't work. And so rather than um, like Renata, my sales coach, said this today and I I quoted her. She said, if you can't be your own biggest cheerleader yet, because let's be honest, sometimes it's hard to be like, I'm a badass. I'm the best there is in the world. Yeah, everyone bowed down to me. Like, no, of course not, right? But if you can't be your biggest cheerleader yet, at least don't be your biggest obstacle. Yeah. Like, at the very least, don't be your biggest obstacle. Oh, those are so good. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. And like, when I shared that example, it was being sassy. It's like, yeah, we're always going to have it. And it might be a reality at times, but it's like choosing to focus on that. And what are you going to choose to focus on versus how can you redirect it? And I have an episode That's all about the stories we tell ourselves. What story are you telling yourself? What story do you want to tell yourself? And then starting to actually tell that story. Um, You know, I do. Yeah, it's so interesting. I love and I love the whole thing. It's like maybe you can't be your biggest cheerleader. If that's, you know, just tune into the glow show because I like to cheer people on. I love cheerleading. I think that's one of the things I'm really great at. But at least don't be your biggest obstacle. Oh, my God. How many times have I been? My biggest obstacle, I know I recorded some videos recently, like just to be open with everyone. And it's like, damn, I messaged Alex and I was like, these are horrible. I'm never (laughs) going to share them. I'm never blah, blah, blah. And I was so hard on myself. But here's the funny thing. I was actually really hard on myself before I even saw the videos. Mm -hmm. I was hard on myself from a screenshot. And so... It was a screenshot. It wasn't even the video, but that was my natural go-to. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I appreciate you. You were like, you know, maybe there's something more there for you to look at. And even though I've been recording as many, I'm close to 100 episodes. Even though I've been recording as much as I have been, there are still these edges for me. And there are growing pains and discomfort. And like video, it's apparently, obviously, been a huge trigger. But I'm just pushing through and it's like, whatever. Yeah. Okay, I'm starting to share and and this is what it is. And it's something that I'm I'm willing and wanting to do because it's aligned with my goals and what I value and connecting and being messy and not being perfect. That's not what I go for. Thank God I chose to create a brand that's not around for like, even though there's the inner perfectionist, I'm like, oh, I can really embrace this messiness. <laughs> but it's like what I love about that story too is like, you're you sent me that screenshot and you're like look and I was like I don't see it and I like I I literally was like what do you mean I think it's fine and that just goes to show like how much we tell ourselves like these stories that like nobody else sees because like my bullshit story is that I'm annoying and if this has been like a trigger thing for me for a while it's like I'm so afraid that I'm going to annoy people whatever wherever that came from and and I'll question things that I said and I'll be like, that was annoying. Or I'll be like, that was overbearing or I was too loud because I'm I'm loud. And no. I've had to like really, <laughs> yeah. And I've had to like really get over this fear of like people, like people tell me to like quiet down and stuff. And I'm like, oh, and then I don't mind when people tell me to be quiet if I'm being loud, but it triggers this like little girl inside me that's like, oh my God, I'm being annoying. And so it's like, we all have our stories. And if I was looking- yeah evidence to support that like I would find it and but I think it's so easy to go oh yeah that person I spoke to they like they're gonna think this because this is like a a subconscious thought that I'm having and and like that never happens like when do you ever have someone say like the exact thing that you're the most afraid of never it's like it's just crazy how we how we do that yeah that's true 
Um, glass ceilings. Let's talk about glass ceilings. So this is a concept that came up in a recent interview that I had. And I know that I've had personal glass ceilings and I, I'll try to think of some examples. I'm sure examples will come up, but I think there's different types of glass ceilings in the world. The ones I'm referring to are by Gay Hendricks. And so in his book, The Big Leap, which I love this book and I read it every, you know, kind of year and a half-ish, there's really a lot of great reminders. But what he talks about is basically we are programmed. Imagine we have a thermostat and we have a thermostat uh, set, like it's our set point of how much good we can take in, how much success, how much love, how much money, whatever that is. And when we start to, when we reach it or when we get close to reaching it, we have these subconscious patterns that show up and start sabotaging. Now, it could be like actual, like sometimes it can just be getting sick. I'm sure that's one of mine. <laughs> but it's like all of a sudden we're not feeling good or this, there's this random illness or this is going on. But it can be other things that go on in business and in these different areas. Have you had glass ceilings in retrospect? Because I feel like hindsight's always kind of 2020. But when you think about glass ceilings, have there been these parts that you kind of like creep up on and you're like, oh, wait, I didn't even realize I had that set point, but I did. Screw this. I'm going to take the hammer and smash it. Yeah. I think the most recent one that came up for me was, and I think this is really common, like when it comes to like financial goals is uh, like, I'll never forget you know, the year I made more than six figures and you're just like, what? Like, because you think about it growing up, like that idea of making six figures was like, it was just mind boggling, you know? And then you move to Vancouver and you're like, oh, the average person can barely live <laughs> in Vancouver on six figure salary. Um, but I was realizing that I was really coming up against that glass ceiling when it was, when it came to goal, goal setting, to be honest, for like, let's say a launch. Um, and I was measuring, I was measuring my six, like what would be a successful launch up until like my most recent launch based on what I did the year prior, because it was like, oh no, like doing better than that just seems so like completely delusional, right? And so as long as I was doing slightly better than last year, then I would consider that a success. And then I was at a mastermind. Uh, recently. And this woman, her name is Brooke Castillo. She shared something that like really resonated with me. She's like, why, like, why do we measure our success based on, based on like, let's say our previous success or on these like set points, right? Where you're like, oh no, in my mind, like that was the level, that was the the normal level. And why not think to yourself, what would it look like if I like doubled that? And she has a $50 million company. Last year, she had a $25 million company. So anybody looking at that would be like, that's, that's nuts. How can she double to a $50 million company in one year? But it's because you're asking yourself different questions. Like, I think if you're asking yourself the same questions that you've always asked yourself, you're going to get the same answers. And you're going to, like, that's in my mind how these set points are kind of identified. Because like you said, it's hard to look back or look forward and go, where are the places that I'm hitting this glass ceiling where am I limiting myself but then you look back and you go oh wait these are the reasons why yeah. and so starting to really ask myself different questions as I go into this new year it's like what would it take to make the same amount of money but do all these other things that I really want to do and there's like resistance and like for sure that comes up when I think about that which really is what proves to me that there is obviously a set point there it's like mm -hmm. breaking breaking the glass ceiling, breaking the mold of like, I have always done things this way. And what would it, what would I, and so the question to ask is what would have to happen or what would it take for me to get there? Even though it feels so uncomfortable. So whether it's like reaching financial goals or the type of relationship you want or health goals, it's not saying, well, what have I always done? And then how can I be incrementally better than that? Because then that feels safer and more achievable. It's like, how do I actually get through, like bust through that glass ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Questions are so powerful. And I love Tony Robbins talks a lot about that, like change your life by changing the questions that you're asking. Um, I know mm -hmm. for me, a glass, uh, and I'm curious to see like, and this might take like a little more looking back, but I'd be curious more um, 
on, we'll say, I don't want to say the emotional side, but it'll make sense when I share my example. So I recently started, I'm like, I'm going to the gym, I'm making progress, I'm moving forward. And then I have an autoimmune flare up, which I have not really had, like if I look at the last like 10 years of my life, they've been quite rare. And I'm like, oh, was that a glass? Like, is there, was that a glass ceiling for me where I'm making positive progress? I'm busting out, I'm moving forward, I'm taking action, I'm doing these things. And then all of a sudden something happens that it would be so easy to actually just go back to the way I was, back to the way I was. Um, and so I'm proud of myself because throughout it, I still kept, I'm like, I'm going for my walks every day and I'm doing like, I still had to like, you know, really adjust and take care of myself in these different ways. But I really, I was like, wait, things are going well. And then all of a sudden, and it can be seemingly unrelated as well. So I have a friend, I'll, I will spare details, but I got a, a phone call the other day and it was just this like, well, like, I'm really concerned about this, this, this. Future thinking, anxiety, trip of future tripping, as again, Gabby Bernstein calls it, thinking about all these things that might happen. They have not mm -hmm. actually happened. And then I asked them, like, oh, well, how's this one thing going? Oh, amazing. Way better than I could have ever expected. And I'm like, oh, yeah. OK, so you're just coming up against your glass ceiling of how much good you can allow into your life. And I think that a lot of times it will start to it shows up in these really unrelated, unseeming ways. Can you think of anything like looking back in retrospect? Are you like, oh, damn, this was this had this odd thing happened. And if not, that's totally fine. I know it was hard for me. It would be hard. Okay. For me I mean, you know me. Has it happened? Like you might have more awareness into that than I do. I, <laughs> I, I can I can think of a lot of I mean, I think I feel like this happens a lot. Like and I, and it could just be that. I'm at my upper limit and I like I feel this way all the time. Things will be going really well and I'll get an amazing opportunity and then I'm immediately in my head about it and like creating drama, not drama, but like creating stories and beliefs that that somehow I didn't, again, going back to imposter syndrome, but somehow I didn't like actually earn that. And then I feel like I'm not showing up the best way that I possibly can. And I just feel like I'm banging up against that ceiling, like literally constantly. Um, I'm sure there's there are a lot of times that it's shown up subconsciously as well in my life, my business, my relationships. I mean, yeah. I know the one thing that comes to mind and I can't remember what you were doing and who knows, like this is all kind of speculation. I feel like, again, you you find what you're looking for. And you can really analyze the crap out of anything. And I think it's good to be aware and have the awareness, but then just keep moving forward. But I remember you were doing, I think it was maybe a big launch or something, but it was like crazy stuff going on next door with your neighbor. Your internet went out. You had all these things. And, oh, and yeah. I think back and I'm like, was that obviously there's a lot of things out of your control, but how interesting that it was happening when you're going to the next level, when you're yeah. in the middle of, you know what I mean? So it's like they say when it rains, it pours. And yeah. I think that's why. And, you know, one of the 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 things I like to. Yeah, it's a similar analogy, but it's like when you start actually going down the right path, things have to like shake and fall away in order for you to kind of break through. And so often what will happen is you you take a step in the right direction. And then exactly what you're saying, like something over here is like, wait, whether it's a relationship or or, you know, just some crazy drama. Like, I remember that launch. My Christmas tree yeah. fell over. Like, my, like it was like all of these things. And, you know, I think the way I see it is the universe is like recalibrating. <laughs> you know, it's like, and everything has to kind of like shake and rattle. It's like a, I don't know, like a rocket ship, ship leaving the launch pad. Ooh, it's I like love so it. turbulent. And things are bound to break. Things are bound to fall off. And a rocket ship doesn't give a shit about the earth rattling beneath it. Like it's going to space, you know? And so I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, it's kind of remembering that when those things happen. And I love that. It's like really questioning it. Like not to the point of, right. Oh my gosh, is this a sign? Am I going in the wrong direction? I actually think it, think of it as like, no, I think it's a sign you're going in the right direction. Totally. You know? Fully, fully. I agree. And that's like looking back to that time, I admire you because you just kept going. Like there was so much shit going on in all these different areas and you kept showing up. And I think that's what it takes is to keep showing up. And that's how we do bust through the glass ceilings versus mm -hmm. spending a lot of time versus spending a lot of time in like the 
this well, this is what I call stewing versus doing. <laughs> There's all these little glowisms now. Stewing versus yeah. doing because it's so easy to stew in the emotion, to stew in the despair and to stew in. But it's like, okay, honor it, get the lessons and keep moving forward. Um, I love the rocket ship example, letting go of. Yeah, that's a whole nother, you know, what are what are some of the things that you think you've had to let go of or that you know you've had to let go of? whether it's limiting beliefs, thoughts, physical habits, whatever it is, in order to do what you've done? I think, I mean, I think perfectionism, you know, I know you're a perfectionist uh. like me, recovering <laughs> perfectionist. Um, that's still a really hard one. Mm. Um, I have a, I have a post-it note right here. I don't know if you could read it. It says, ask for help, trust, and let go. And Beautiful. those are three things that uh, I'm I'm working towards. <laughs> I'm working on. Um, and I just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, so I'd, I would say perfectionism for sure. Um, because the things that would hold me back literally in the grand scheme of things are nothing. Like I could tinker mm. on a can, like a Canva graphic for an hour and I'm like, why am I doing this? Nobody cares. Um, seeing for help. Again, it's like this, it's like this ego, but tied to perfectionism of like, I don't want people to know that I don't know what I'm doing. They're like, who freaking knows what they're doing? Like, you know, none of us. And I, I think I really had this like lone wolf mentality that I had yeah. to let go of. Just one sec. You, uh, this is really, really funny. Look what I have on my desk right now. Don't, don't worry. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Yes, exactly. So if, if, if you're out there listening and you feel like you're all alone and that you don't know what you're doing, don't worry. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. And we somehow have this story that everybody's got it all figured out except for us. And that is just so not true. So I love yeah. that you have those are your embodiment goals. You know, like there's more of the and it's leaning into these leaning into these things. How have you been able to trust the process? Because it can be difficult when there's the perfectionism, when there's the control, wanting to have hands on everything. What's some advice for people who are really like they know that they've got to let go and trust to get to the next level? I like to, as hard as it is, I like to start with a baseline of trust, you know, and if trust is then broken, then that's something that needs to be uh, worked on uh, rather than the like you need to earn my trust. And I think that that can be a hard a hard uh, line, but, you know, I think about like how I show up in my relationships or in any relationship, you know, if you're starting a new relationship, trust is, is a necessary part of a thriving and successful relationship. And then if the trust is broken, obviously that's, that's, that's really hard. Uh, and I kind of see it the same way as I grow my business where it's like, okay, I could tell myself stories all day long about what could go wrong or what would happen if I didn't do it myself or, how someone else could mess it up. I mean, God, you'll never run out of stories, you know, about all the bad things that could happen. And so instead, I really try to be like, okay, what I know for sure is that I cannot do it all. And and I'm still working on this. Like, I don't have it all figured out. That's why I have it written on a freaking post-it note on my screen that I look at every single day. But it's kind of like, okay, I I need to I need to trust first. And then if something doesn't go the way that I want, I try to reflect back and go, okay, how can I put a system or a process in place to then, you know, close that gap so that next time I trust that it will get done properly. And it, it takes a lot of like sitting on your hands and communicating. Like communication for sure is a big one. And then just moving forward and trusting yourself. Like if you're working on your, on your own and you don't have a team, it's just trusting in the process and trusting that that it'll all work out. And if it's not perfect, it's information for next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. If it's not perfect, it's information for next time. Um, I just want to share this just came to mind randomly. It was something you said. And I'm like, oh, it just it just popped up. So information, I guess sharing this. So for people listening, there's I believe we all have these really sneaky saboteurs or like what I call glow blockers or different things that really come into play um, when we're doing these different things. And something for me that I just want to share personally is when I'm coming up against a glass ceiling or when I'm ready to go to the next level, my mind goes to, is it even worth it? Should I even be doing this? I think I'm ready to quit. And I start getting into these different like my mindset completely shifts and it's like, but wait, you were just doing this. You're making traction. 
you're you're moving forward and and so just having that awareness and then it's also like i think what you said just the trusting it's like learning how to trust your yourself and that's been a big part of my journey as well is learning how to trust my instincts learning how to trust myself and you don't know until you go like you don't know until you actually take that step and yeah i just love how you said if it doesn't work or if it's not perfect it's just it's still information and information is better than hypotheses or Mm -hmm. hypothesizing you know it's like learning is better than well yeah doing is better than suing that that's it (laughs) doing is better than suing for sure and like i say i always often think like when i'm worrying about something i'm like am i worrying about some like a problem that doesn't even exist yet Mm. you know am i worrying about something that i have no control over am i worrying about something that Yeah, it's like we just create, we create worries, we create problems, we create stuff to stew over. And I think the biggest way to move through that is to stop making it about you. Mm -hmm. And when I look at what I've built, the things that have kept me going when I've doubted myself or when I lost trust for a brief moment, it was knowing that what I was creating wasn't about just me building a business or making more money or finding more freedom or whatever people, you know, like why people start businesses for me it was like okay I can I can really help people and as soon as you make it about other people and and the impact that you can make and being connected to that bigger why all of a sudden that anxiety and worry is just like oh god it's actually not about me and there's something really freeing about that yeah there is I know you've said that before it's not about you shift the focus out and shift the focus on connecting with people and reconnecting with why Having a powerful why and a powerful vision is something that comes up in probably almost every single interview that I do. I know that we've been talking for a while, but do you have any like quick tips on how people can get connected to their why? I think it really stems from your values. I think oftentimes we think of like, what's our why? And we look often to what other people are doing and model that. And I'm a big fan of modeling when it comes to sort of the strategic roadmap and the steps. But you can't compare yourself to somebody else and go, oh, we we necessarily have the same why. Like you look at their lifestyle, for example, and you're like, yeah, that's what I want. And then you try to go about it and you're, you're wondering why it feels like you're, you're going against the grain or you're trying to swim up river. And so I think really getting clear on what are your non-negotiables and not just in business, but just, you know, in general. One that um, I came up with a while ago and that has kind of carried me through with from my freelancing business into Copy Posse is, is fun. You know, I realized that for me, if I, if I wasn't having fun, it wasn't worth it. Uh, I also have always really had this strong need for integrity, which I think also, if you're not careful, the dark side of that could be like perfectionism, where it's like, I can't do anything unless it's fully like in 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 integrity. And it has to, you know, it has to be exactly what I want. And I and but what I mean, integrity is just being true to your word and honoring the commitments you make and and that sort of thing and figuring out like, what do those values look like? And then is what you want to create actually in alignment with that? Because if it's not, you are going to struggle and you are going to like you are going to be pushing a boulder up a hill, realizing that it's like it's not your boulder. It's like somebody else's. And so getting really clear on that and and then even figuring out what that looks like, because, again, you think, oh, I want to build a business that looks like this. And when you really think about it, if if that's not in alignment with how you actually see your life. And this was an exercise I did with my coach this year. It was like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Personally, that was the first question. It wasn't, where do you see your business in 10 years? It was, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you see yourself with a giant team, you know, working with 100 people in an office somewhere? And I'm like, hell no. Like, there was, I was like, that is not what I want at all. Um, and they're like, okay, well, what is it that you want? And, and being able to reverse engineer what you want your personal life to look like. Cause I find that that's easier to connect with. For me, I could connect with like the emotions I wanted to feel. How did I which week to look like? I pictured kids. I pictured all the stuff that I hadn't really spent the time sitting and thinking about because, you know, I'm so focused on the now and what's happening. But then that really allowed me to like reverse engineer what that might look like in terms of a business and then connecting that to my mission that can 
help people and drive it forward. And so it, I think it really comes down to truly who you are and what you value and what you want for yourself in your personal life before anything else. Yeah, I love that. Great answer. And the one thing that comes to mind that I'll throw in, because this is something that that's really top of mind for me personally, just around like being realistic with like what what actually is well suited for me. There's the values and then there's the mission and what I feel really purposeful about. And then there's kind of more the how. And for me, it's really just been getting super, super honest with myself about what do I really enjoy doing? What am I great at? And what am I not great at doing? And making sure that I'm building a business and a sustainable system in life that supports that. Because in the past, for me, I haven't been honest about what I need to really take care of myself and and really the conditions that I thrive in and where I thrive and where I don't thrive. And like life gets so much easier when we're just aware and honest with ourselves because then we can start to just own it and then share with other people. So um, thank you. This has been so exciting and such a good conversation. Is there anything else that you want to share with the Glojo community um, and anyone listening around goal setting, around growing pains, glass ceilings, everything we've talked about today? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine that if you're like, <laughs> If you're just on, let's say, the precipice of starting a business or you're, you know, a few feet in and you're kind of going through the trenches right now, I think sometimes it can sound like it's really scary. And what I can say is that it is one of the most powerful and like transformative processes personally and professionally. And I think being okay and and trusting that it is a process and that I didn't have the, you know, perfect goal setting structure like the EOS set up in my business right away. You know, I got to that when my business got to the point where like, okay, the wheels are going to fall off if nothing changes. And so trust that it doesn't all have to happen at once, that you can put one foot in front of the other. And then when you're ready for the information, you will like, again, just trust that you will find it. You will be guided to the people who can support you. You will be able to ask for help you will get there. And that's something I've had to tell myself for the longest time, I think, not trusting that I would find all the answers. Like starting and scaling a business, it seemed like impossible. I just I didn't understand it. I knew marketing, but everything else seemed so hard. And know that there's resources and people out there who literally teach this sort of stuff. And that's kind of been my secret to success is, is asking for help and going out there and saying, okay, well, I don't know how to solve this problem. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go try to find the answer and treating it kind of like a fun scavenger hunt that way and knowing it won't be perfect. And that's okay. Yeah, that's great. Incredible. Thank you for joining me. I could continue talking forever and ever, but I'm like, you know what? This conversation today has come to an end. Where can people find you and the copy posse and everything that you're up to? Yeah. So you can go to copyposse.com or I'm also copyposse on Instagram or I have a YouTube channel. That's my name, Alex Catoni. Perfect. I will make sure to link to all of that in the show notes below. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. I will look forward to hearing what your top takeaway of the show is. I know I've got some notes and I already can't wait to re-listen to this and set myself up for success and take away some of these glowing notes, these glow notes. And I think you actually came up with that one, glow notes. (laughs) I might Uh, have given you that one. (laughs) I think you did. I was calling them like, I'm like, are they glowies? No, I'm just joking. We can't have glowies (laughs) in the glow joke. I really like (laughs) glowies. This is why it's good to have a marketer as a friend. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, well, thank you. And I'll look forward to, I don't know, maybe the next time I'm interviewing you, it's going to be for like a book launch or something. I love it. All right. Have a good one. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye.